0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Running on Scuffs. I am your host, Justin Seeger, joined tonight by our wonderful panel of uh, of co-hosts. And uh, it wouldn't be an episode of Running on Scuffs if I didn't get a weekly weather report uh, from everybody, because that seems to be how we start our shows. Uh, it feels actually pretty decent down here in Mississippi. I don't know about, uh, about you guys. But, uh, We'll go to my uh, my partner in crime, Mr. Zach Bell, uh, first. How's it feeling over in Texas?
1: Uh, it's like a good like ninety five to one hundred, um, so cooler than it has been. It rained yesterday for like the second time in since June, um, so that was really nice. Uh, but we're finally moving towards the fall. You know, when Starbucks brings up the pumpkin spice, it gets nice.
0: Yeah, pumpkin spice is back for those who uh, for those who uh, appreciate that lifestyle. Uh, I can't say that I I'm one that that partakes in the pumpkin spice myself. Uh, Zach Williams, uh, we're one Floridian short. Did uh, did Adalia uh, sweep Dan away or or what happened there?
2: It must have, or he's down at Disney hanging out like he likes to do. Uh, yeah, after the hurricane though, it's it's been uh, pretty hot here. You know, I, I had to work today, unfortunately, for Labor Day because I work in a restaurant and I was hoping it would rain all day, but it did not.
0: And Mr. Mike Daffner, our resident Ohioan, we're getting closer and closer, Mike, to you getting uh, for you being able to tell us about the snow that doesn't exist. Uh, uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, we're, get, we're getting closer every week. How are you doing in this first uh, meteorological uh, week of fall?
3: Um, it was a nice and balmy 89 degrees today here with pretty decent amount of humidity, but it's after the next couple days, it's predicted to cool back off. And it looks like we'll be in fall temperatures, which is mid to high seventies at the beginning. But winter is coming. Well, you know, down here in
0: Mississippi, uh, it looks like potentially this could be our last week of 90 degree weather. Um, before we start getting into some fall weather. I'm holding holding my breath on that, not sure, uh, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, things were uh, heating up on the track uh, this weekend in Darlington for our third Crown Jewel race of the year, our final Crown Jewel event, uh, and the first playoff race of the year. We had Darlington uh, for the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series. Uh, so we'll be talking about everything that happened on track there. Uh, as always, we thank everybody for tuning in. Be sure to uh, to check us out uh, on our socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. Uh, and, of course, check out our website as well. We've got some uh, some cool stuff on there that you can check out. And uh, we'll look at some of that a little bit later on. Mr. Tommy Williams is tuning in. He's saying, hey, guys, how's it going, Tommy? Um I see uh I see the uh hurricane didn't sweep away one of our favorite viewers uh on the show. Uh Dan Dan just must be soft or something. You
1: We've know, know like, that. We've known that. I, I mean, soft. Don't, don't get it any don't <laughs> get any other way. Dan is a soft
0: man. Rule number one, if you're on on part of our if you're a part of our panel, if you miss a week, we're going to talk about you. So, yeah, that's why that's, I
1: don't, that's why I miss. I love being talked about.
0: Oh, there you go. That's, that's it. If you, if you enjoyed the attention, just miss a week. Cause we'll talk about you for sure. Absence um,
1: makes the heart grow fonder.
0: It does. It does. Uh, but yeah, we appreciate everybody for tuning in. Keep uh, commenting throughout the show. we we'll, we look forward to hearing your thoughts about uh, this weekend's racing. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and get this show started. Uh, we're going to get into our race review segment. We were supposed to have, uh, a segment, uh, with Mr. Dan Foster, but you know, we see, we see where that went. He was supposed to be our who, who am I, uh, segment. So we'll catch that from Dan next week, uh, to check that out. So getting into our race review segment, we were at Darlington. Uh, The Lady in Black, Too Tough to Tame, The Widowmaker, whatever you want to call her. Uh, We were at Darlington for the Southern 500, one of the crown jewel races of NASCAR. And uh, it was the first playoff race for the 16 Cup hopefuls who were hoping to make it uh, into the uh, round of 12. And one driver locked his way in uh, to to the round of 12. Kyle Larson goes back to victory lane for the first time since the, uh, the all-star race back in May, um, which for Kyle Larson standards actually seems like quite a while. Um, Kyle Larson back in victory lane. Great way to open up the playoffs for him. Uh, Ultimately, uh, Zach Bell, I've got to give your driver uh, credit where credit is due. Uh, Denny Hamlin pretty well dominated a large portion of that race and then uh, a loose wheel. Uh, got him back late in the race, but Denny Hamlin was able to win stage one and two. Um, he kind of led the charge for a, a Toyota-dominated day. What were your thoughts on it? Um, I mean, it was
1: fantastic to see Denny up front. I know that Zach Williams is a hater, and he's going to point out that he finished 24th. Uh, but I don't think any of us have very many concerns about the round of 16 for Denny Hamlin, um, as the evidence of last week's show. So I think, you know, the the playoff points are going to be more important than anything else here in this first drive for him to get, you know, getting, getting the stage wins here at Darlington. He should have won this race. Um, and a loose wheel, whether he felt it or what exactly happened, we don't know. Um, but, you know, he's been in the seat for almost 20 years. Like, if he says there's an issue, there's probably an issue. And on top of that, you know, uh, Toyota led all but 60 laps tonight. Reddick looks fantastic. Bell had looked strong early on as well. Um, you know, Martin Truex, you never really quite found the quite found the pace that the other three Gibbs or the other two had, the other two up front, and Reddick had. But when you have a cushion like he did, it's uh, all good. And um, you know, Larson. Let me say this: Kyle Larson was not an undeserving winner. I think anytime the top like three to five fastest. One of the three to five fastest cars that wins the race, then uh, like it pretty much plays out how it's supposed to overall. And Larson definitely fits that for sure. And um, it's a good. It was a good week for Diddy Hamlin, a good week for Kyle Larson. Several other drivers had a
0: fantastic night too. Yeah, uh, look, I'm going to uh, to throw out an interesting fact uh, that I saw floating around the uh, the NASCAR Twitterverse. Uh, throughout, uh, today, um, you might not guess this, but Denny Hamlin, uh, he set the most, uh, laps, uh, as the, he had the most fastest laps throughout the race. Uh, but there were two drivers tied, uh, for the second, uh, most fastest laps throughout the race. Um, Kyle Larson was one of them. The other driver was Ty Dillon which uh which i found to be uh interesting um so certainly interesting to have a, a driver like uh like Ty Dillon in the 77 uh team have a stat like that so pretty interesting for them um let's talk about some playoff drivers that had some some good days um obviously Kyle Larson getting the win advancing that's the best day you can have right but uh, I want to talk about Chris Buescher, uh, William Byron, Tyler Reddick. All three of those drivers came in and they they did what they had to do. Uh, they gained some some valuable points above the cut line. Um, I don't know if any of them besides Byron is necessarily safe, uh, but certainly a good a good round for them. Uh, Tyler Reddick, he ran up front pretty much all day. Byron was able to make his way towards the front. Um, and uh, Chris Busher was was solidly in the top 10 pretty much all day. You see Byron 45 points above the cut line. Reddick is 30 and Busher 27. Um, Hamlin also 27. So winning those two stages really helped him out. Um, Dan is uh, in the chat. Uh, saying Busher is making a claim for to be a series championship contender. Uh, I would agree, you know, and I, I said it last week. Um, I've said it in chats. I thought Busher was – I thought his lack of playoff experience was going to hurt him. But uh, so far, at least in, in this first race, he showed out, and he's proven that he can run up front. Uh, RFK as a whole, I would agree, I'd, I'd say would do that because Keselowski ran up front uh, as well. So uh, let's talk about some drivers in the playoffs who did not have uh, the best nights. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. Number one, uh, it pains me to say, but Truex did not have a good night. Um, he qualified uh, poorly due to a uh, to scrub the wall and qualifying uh, had to work his way up and just couldn't really seem to get the clean air he needed. He uh, wasn't a fan of his car. He got no stage points. Uh, ended up finishing 18th um, after having to fight from fight a loose wheel. Uh, really kind of had to fall back on his playoff point uh, gap. He came in 29 above the cut line. He leaves 25 above. Um, and another driver was his teammate Christopher Bell, who did not have the best uh, who did not have the best run either. He faced issues. Uh, he now sits one point above the cut line uh, over Bubba Wallace, and uh, and Michael McDowell. Uh, you see him kind of he's 16th on our on our playoff grid. He's the only driver that has really any kind of separation from the cut line uh, on the the negative side. Uh, he just couldn't get things going. Mike, I want to go to you. Was there anyone who? You know, I I know you didn't uh, see as much of the race, but was there anything that just really surprised you about this, uh, the playoff grid?
3: I mean, not really. I do want to say something real quick since, you know, y'all were poo pooing my idea of an average finish last week. The top two historically top finishing drivers at um, Darlington are Larson and Hamlin. Hamlin who won both stages and then Larson who won the race so
0: <laughs> look we we just said that that the stats don't mean everything doesn't mean they're they're never right well they were right they, this week uh they they were um but yeah both of uh, both those drivers had good days I really want to talk about uh Bubba Wallace uh I felt like he had a really good day. And he really doesn't have a whole lot to show for it. Uh, he's still a point below the cut line. I know that he was kind of fighting against the drivers, uh, you know, that were around him. But Bubba Wallace, he actually had a good, solid finish. I mean, he finished inside the top ten. Even he said that that would be a good, a good run for the twenty-three team. Um, I think Bubba's making a claim to, uh, to be one who makes his way in Uh, to the round of 12. I think Kansas coming up this weekend is a good run for him, uh, potentially. Um, Zach Bell, I want to go back to you. What do you think about Bubba's chances of making it in here? Uh, Was his run good enough or or not?
1: Oh, absolutely good enough. Um, You know, here's the thing. To me, uh, a successful weekend in the playoffs is furthering yourself from the cut line or gaining on the cut line if you're below. And Bubba got closer, you know. And this is—you mentioned it. recovered turning to Kansas, twenty-three eleven swept that track last year. Denny Hamlin won in the spring. I think it's a very high likelihood that this is a Toyota-dominated race this weekend, with maybe a, a sprinkler two of Hendrick Motorsports, possibly. But I think that I think Bubba's put himself in a prime position to outrun people like Joey Logano, um, Ryan Blaney. Maybe even the RFK Fords, and jump some points there. Um, I know Mike's not gonna want to hear it, but I think he's in position to outrun Kevin Harvick just purely based on how good the Toyotas have been at Kansas in this next gen era, especially. Um. So yeah, I, I think that I think he's in a really good spot. I mean, we all knew it was gonna kind of come down to Kansas, right? I think I think Bubba, you know, is was good is good at Arlington is good at Bristol, but borderline elite at Kansas. And I think, uh, you know, if you can hold your own at those two and you can go out and get a top five day, like, all day long at Kansas, and I think he's absolutely capable of that, then I think he's he's really in a good spot to move on. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a very successful weekend.
0: You know, another driver that currently sits below the cut line that I think uh, can actually walk away from Darlington and, and say that it would was- was somewhat successful the weekend is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Um, I mean, I think we all kind of had him as, uh, well, I mean, we did. Uh, if you go back to our show last week, we were pretty unanimous on uh McDowell and Stenhouse being eliminated. And I don't know if I, I don't think I'm necessarily changing my mind on that, but to have after one week for him to only be four points below the cut line. Um And he benefited uh from other drivers uh, mishaps, but You know, you take it how you can get it, and I think Stenhouse being four points below is pretty impressive after one race for a team like JTG.
1: Yeah, I just want to say I think he kind of falls in a similar boat to Bubba here, another driver who um, is is very good at Bristol. You know, Stenhouse has shown a tendency to run well on the concrete surface racetracks, and I think that will bode well for him. They were very fast at Kansas earlier in the year before they had a – or last year it was before they had a tire issue, I think in the fall Mm. race. Yeah. Um, So it's definitely like an option for Ricky to point his way in. And I think like it would be a huge, it would be a huge moment for JTG if he could do it. And it'd be huge for him personally. You know, I, I don't know if I see it happening because here's the thing, ultimately to me, because there's 16 drivers that get in the playoffs. I think there are more, I think that there are more drivers that have, Okay, so let me think I wanna say this. I think a lot of drivers have really good opportunities at either Kansas or Bristol, you know? Or Darlington. And unfortunately for someone like Ricky Stenhouse, you know, he's not racing against the Rick Wares and the BJ McLeods in the playoffs, you know, he's racing against the Hendrick Motorsports and the Joe Gibbs Racings of the World and Kevin Harvick. And simply put, like when you're in when you're up in that upper class, you know, being good sometimes is it quite frankly good enough, you know? And it's unfortunate to say because a season like his and the way he's, you know, been top 16 in points all season long, he would have been a playoff driver without winning the Daytona 500. Um, should be rewarded even more than it's probably going to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, it's interesting as we look, uh, there were drivers, obviously, who swapped uh, positions uh, throughout the top 16, but the 12 drivers who were above the cut line coming into Darlington are currently the 12 who sit still above the cut line uh, coming out of Darlington, uh, although that cut line is getting a lot tighter uh, for some. So we'll see how how that goes uh, as we head into Kansas. Um, this is one of the more, uh, I, I guess, mundane rounds uh, to start off the playoffs. Uh, Darlington is certainly nothing to – to slouch about, uh, and neither is Bristol. Uh, but it's, we don't tend to think of the round of 16 as chaotic as something like uh, the round of 12 with the Roval and Talladega. Um, but certainly one where you can find yourself in a tough spot uh, if you're Especially, not.
1: Especially, Justin, I disagree. Um, you know, last year we had three non playoff drivers sweep the round. So I do think that the possibility is there um, for this to be around with some chaos. And I think that, you know, I mean, Darlington's a track where it's a long race, it's a hot night, you know, it's right at the end of the summer. A lot of mistakes can be made throughout the night at Darlington. Um, Kansas, we saw some tire issues there, you know, last year in the fall race. Um, And quite frankly, I mean, uh, you know, I think we could see it again just because of the loads and how fast they go there. I definitely think it's a concern again. And, And Bristol, I mean, that's a track that, You know, it's so small and it's so high bank that, like, you can get – you can be half a lap away and somehow end up in somebody else's mess, you know? So I do think that the – that they actually – this round actually rewards itself to chaos, uh, lends itself to chaos at times. But, you know, I, I think the difference in why you say that is because of how large the playoff field is. There's a wider margin for error because there's more cars involved, you know?
0: Well, whereas, I think uh, I, I
1: think like a, a round of twelve, um, where maybe like a bad night at Daytona doesn't hurt you the same way it, it does at a bad day at Talladega, you know, yeah. or you know, heaven forbid, a bad a bad day at the Charlotte Roble.
0: I think part of it comes simply from uh, from NASCAR marketing as well, because uh, I think NASCAR markets the round of twelve as more chaotic than the round of sixteen. I think. Uh, You know, certainly, like I said, I think Darlington and Bristol, uh, for sure, uh, can lend itself to chaos, like you said, Uh, but I think the round of 12 is marketed more that way with Talladega and the Roval.
1: It's not lost on me that after Texas is when NBC puts the rest of the Cup Series races on NBC, you know, like, it's a very clear, like, line in the sand of, like, when they expect things to get interesting as a broadcast partner and as a sport, and when they want maximum fan viewership you know i mean i, I you know i mean i would think you put want to put all the race all the playoff races on nbc but it's like a very clear line at here at talladega it's where things get serious you know
3: well and i mean yeah personally just in general all sports it really just that's just the trend that the further into the playoffs it gets, the bigger the hype gets.
1: Oh, I, I I agree, but I think that this is justin. This is to Justin's point about the advertising in the, and the scheduling is the the playoff races. I think the ten playoff tracks we have are the perfect ten tracks for the playoffs, give or take. If you want to take out maybe a Texas, but that's I the one I'd that, get out. <laughs> but respectfully, I think that that these tracks each encompass something a bit unique from each other to win, which is a fair way of crowning your champion.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So with that being said, I think that, but I think the way that they position each race is where the, is where is talking about the advertising and the hype, because you could easily move the round of 12 and make them the first two races of the playoffs. And they would have a different story than if you were to move the round of 12 or move you know, move Talladega into the round of twelve, a round of sixteen, and
0: put right. Bristol in the round of twelve. You know, I say we put Talladega
3: in the round of eight. No, <laughs> heck, make <laughs> Talladega That's... the championship race. I'm all right. No. With that. I,
0: I yeah, I'm I'm not good with that one. I, as much but as I, I would be... love to uh, to be there to cover the championship race, I, I'm I'm not going to be that chaotic. <sighs> Respectfully, um, I don't
1: think Talladega should be in the playoffs at all. I think, I think they well, should go to a little more fair Super Speedway than
3: Talladega. I, think I they like be a, Atlanta. that's a story yeah. for another day. But if yeah. there were two races, I would change in the playoffs. Is I'd lo- a I'd like to see the championship race move around, but that's a story for another day. And I'd like to see Texas out of there and maybe. Thinking, what else you could put in there? Hell, put a third Daytona race.
0: No. You know, well, uh, you know, we've got a potential schedule, uh, you know, schedule announcement coming out here in the next few weeks or so. Maybe we'll do something on the show in the in the next couple episodes about uh what we would do uh, to the schedule uh, to change it. So let us yeah. know if you'd like to to see that. That sounds um, fun to me. Yeah. Um. You know speaking of chaos at Darlington uh we did see something uh at Darlington that we don't typically see uh we had a red flag uh relatively short red flag last night but uh a red flag nonetheless for uh for lights uh not powering up uh towards uh the infield of turns 3 and 4 made it relatively dark there in 3 and 4 NASCAR decided to uh, to red flag it after getting um some opinions, uh, it, admittedly, it was kind of a mixed bag of opinions from the drivers about whether to uh, to continue the race uh, as it is or not. Uh, but they were able to get the lights fixed and, and get back going relatively quick. Um, I don't know. Uh, it was definitely weird. Uh, Zach Williams, we haven't heard a lot from you on this one. Uh, what did you think about the red flag? Should they have stopped it, not stopped it?
2: Uh, I mean, it took them a, quite a while to get it fixed. I don't think they should have done the red. They could have kept just rolling around if they had got it done quicker. But the fact that it took them so long, the red flag was probably necessary just, just to save gas. I'm
0: going to be honest. I, and, uh, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I think they should have red flagged it sooner. Uh, I actually didn't enjoy that. They were just clicking off caution laps. Um, you know, those are laps that we could have saved if they were going to fix it, and try to go back racing and have a few more laps to do so. Um, but I mean, I respect it. They were, they were trying to do what they, what they could. Um, I will say this as somebody who, uh, was at the Talladega Xfinity race, um, that got called short because of darkness. Um, I went back and watched the uh, the broadcast and I understand why fans watching the broadcast would say that it was bright enough uh, to keep racing. But as someone who was there in person, it absolutely was not. Um, so I think as, and that was kind of the mindset I tried to have when watching this at Darlington, like on the broadcast to me, it looked like it was maybe bright enough that they could have kept going. But I remember that from Talladega and it was like, it's, it really wasn't. So. Um, well, I, I
1: also, I, I want to say this too. I think that it's a bit of a different situation, you know, like in the sense of like Talladega, you're talking about racing against darkness, you know, um, or when darkness arrives, like when it gets too dark to race. It was very clearly nighttime already, you know, it was already dark when the light went out.
0: Mm.
1: So to me, it's a bit of a different situation. I think your point holds true that if it's too dark to if it's too dark to race at sunset in Talladega, it is too dark to race at Darlington without all of the lights on. That would be my that that would be the claim I think, right? But yeah. I, but I do think they're a bit like of different situations. But I think you reach the same conclusion.
0: Yeah well and and the one thing that that i'm i'm saying there is like you know i think it's real easy for us watching at the broadcast which usually brightens up the screen a little bit anyway so we can see it better like it's real easy for us to say it's you know oh it's bright enough for them to race but you know as as someone who's been there in person like with the talladega and i'm sure darlington was probably the same it's one of those like no it it probably was too dark to to race
3: there and i mean you know this as well justin just from a photography and videography standpoint cameras automatically do that so there's no real way to correct it if there's not enough light it lowers the shutter speed until there is
0: We brighten it up for you. It's it's as a, yeah, we, we do it for you so that you can have a better viewing pleasure from home. That doesn't mean the, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean the people in the photo are having that same viewing pleasure.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Like Uh, the camera most of the time automatically does it. So you're just like on TV, you can't tell how dark it actually is. Yeah. Ever. Um,
0: yeah, I remember going back and, uh, and watching the footage from that Talladega race at that Xfinity race. I got cut short because I remember seeing on Twitter, people were like, they, you know, they could have run that race. Like they could have finished it out. And I was like, there's no way they could have finished that. But, no,
3: uh,
0: not, not safely. Anyway, certainly not for a Talladega.
3: Well, um, Talladega already ain't safe to begin with, but that's a whole mother's <laughs> story. And I'm just going right. to finish it with my good old line, put lights at Talladega. <laughs> um,
0: So put working lights at Talladega because if you have an issue like at Darlington, uh, but they got it fixed and we got back going. Um, one other thing, uh, to talk about this, we had a little bit of an incident on track, um, between non-playoff drivers, uh, Alex Bowman and Daniel Suarez a little bit late in the race. They were battling both inside the top 10, uh, Daniel Suarez had a run going down the front stretch for, uh, on Alex Bowman. And then, uh, they got Bowman went for a late block. Uh, burn me at the stake here if you guys want. Um, but I disagree with Dale jr. On this one. Um, Dale jr. Tried to put a little bit of that on Daniel Suarez, uh, and, uh, I don't think so. I, I think that was on Alex Bowman more or less. Um, I think he just tried to block too much. Like I, I understand it, but I don't agree with it. Um, I I'm on team Suarez here for this one. Um, I think it was ultimately a racing incident and then poor Harrison Burton. Uh, he gets caught up in, in the mix there. Yeah. Um, Mike, uh, were you? Did you get a chance to to see the highlights of that crash? I,
3: I did see the highlight with that, and I believe you are a hundred percent correct. That was a late block by Alex Bowman, and it's just what happened.
0: Uh, Zach, what about you? What do you think of uh, Zach Bell? What do you think of Bowman and Suarez here?
1: Uh, I'm not a fan of hooking drivers in the on the straightaway, so that tells you my opinion.
0: So, so you're on uh, Alex Bowman's side here, or uh, yeah, I I, I just I, don't. Actually, I, w- I, mean, I
1: wouldn't say I'm on Alex Bowman's side. I don't want to be like a fancy Finserton, but like, okay, I understand it's a late block, but like, and he shouldn't have thrown the late block. But like, do you need to hook him? Like, do you need to hook him on the straightaway? Or I don't like, really feel like he did.
2: That that's how that's how I feel on this one. It's like Bowman shouldn't have thrown the late block, but Suarez didn't have to run straight through him like that.
0: I don't like, really yeah. feel like he did. I feel like it was more like Suarez didn't turn left to, to hook Bowman into the outside wall. I mean, it was one of those I mean, that you know, he, he, he just lipid.
2: pushed on the rear corner of the car where he could push him into the wall.
0: Bowman yeah. came across his nose. It was Yeah.
2: I right, mean, but then if you watch it, Suarez keeps going and hits him in the rear, rear corner of the vehicle. I think it was,
1: yeah,
0: on the left rear and pushes I think him at that door. point the cars were already hooked. I don't think there was much Suarez could do on that one, personally.
1: I mean, I, I don't know. When I look at Travis Mack's comments and tweets after the race, um, to me it sounds like that Suarez intended to hook him, personally. I don't know. I don't,
0: I don't really take Travis. I, I mean, I think Travis Mack was frustrated, but I don't really think. I'd I I mean, I want to address
1: to his comments more than anything else. Let me tell you, Travis Mack, you are an effed up person for what you tweeted about Alex Bowman, saying that you need to check this man for a concussion after the accident. Are you crazy? That is the most classless thing I have seen done in the sport in a long time. Like from someone who's not involved in the accident, you know. Checking him for a concussion. The man missed races last year for a concussion, and Kurt Busch's career is completely gone because of a concussion. So let me tell you, Travis Matt, shut the hell up. And I get mean, your I... driver, get your driver under control. You know, and, and think. You know, think before you speak to the media or. Better yet, he didn't even speak to me. He put it on Twitter, hours after the race. Just a completely classless, classless, tasteless tweet, in my opinion.
3: Um, I'll agree with that. So yeah, I, I, I just I, I want I just wanted that.
1: to. I just wanted to bring that up on the show. Like, I did not want him to. I did not want his comments to not be forgotten or brought up. Hmm. Uh, you know, I would never wish injury a driver. But I'm telling you right now, if something were to ever happen. To Daniel Suarez in this next gen car and he has a concussion. He 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 is gonna be getting the one who's gonna get the screenshots of that tweet. And those receipts are gonna be paid if that happens. I hope it doesn't. Not for him. Not you know, I like Daniel, you know, not an amigo, but like I'm a I'm a homie go, you know, like I'm a homie amigo. Yeah, but, I uh, uh, I agree. I just want to I just want to bring that up. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was in your thoughts to bring it up or not, but I wanted to drive yeah. Travis back across for this one.
0: Yeah, uh, look, I, I agree with you. I'm I'm on Suarez's side as far as the on track incident goes. I think Bowman came across his nose and you know more or less wrecked himself. Uh, but uh, I I don't think there's any place for that. There's a certain point where things go over the line. Um, we try to uh you know, we try to stay back from that. Uh, you know, even here on the show, you know, there's there's a, a Mike, oddly enough, you and I were talking about this, uh and Zach, uh, we were talking about this earlier in a in a group chat. Um there are ways to disagree with someone and still be respectful about it. Um and I think you know, bringing something up like that uh is unprofessional. Um so Definitely. I, I agree. Uh, Travis Mack should not have, have made the comments that he made uh, for that, but uh, nonetheless, uh, we'll see what comes out of that. Um, again, the driver, I've, uh, honestly, I feel like the driver I feel the worst for in that incident was Harrison Burton because he was just driving along, not doing anything uh, for the, for the 21 car, actually not having a horrible night and, and he just gets taken out with it.
1: That's the story of Harrison Burton's cup career, right? Like if he's running well, something bad happens. If he's not running well, it's already bad.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of some non playoff drivers though, I do wanna I didn't put this in our script, but I do want to give a couple shout outs to some non playoff drivers who did uh, who did run well. Uh, first and foremost, Carson Hosevar. Um Ran inside the top twenty pretty much all night for the uh, for the LMC forty two. Uh, Eric Jones he got a top ten and was running up uh, inside the top three at one point during the race. So uh, of course we know Eric Jones is good uh, at Darlington, especially in the Southern five hundred. Uh, but Hosevar in his second Cup start, uh, able to get a, a top twenty run uh, for his team. Uh, obviously Chase Elliott. It's kind of weird to talk about Chase Elliott in a non-playoff format, but uh, he ran pretty well tonight, uh, all things considered. Uh, so a good run for, for them. Uh, but just wanted to give them a, a shout-out there. And, of course, Ty Dillon uh, setting the the second uh, most uh, fastest laps in the race. So good job for, for those non-playoff drivers. Uh, we did have one other race uh, this weekend, uh, the Xfinity Series. Uh, Denny Hamlin, uh, kind of, a he kind of runs typically, uh, the Darlington Xfinity races, um, at least the, for the Southern 500 weekend. And, uh, he earned his sixth Darlington win in the Xfinity series, uh, Saturday. Uh, and was, he looked really good, uh, throughout that race. Uh, Denny Hamlin claims again, uh, his sixth trophy in the Xfinity series at Darlington. Uh, Austin Hill and John Hunter Nemechek kind of separated themselves uh, as championship favorites, uh, which, I mean, they have all season uh, more or less, but they really uh, have kind of separated themselves from everyone else uh, as favorites for the championship. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek getting the wins in both stage one and two, so adding to his playoff point total. Austin Hill still holds on to uh, to the regular season championship lead so far, so we'll see, uh, so we'll see how that goes, Uh, Dan commented about the, uh, about the Suarez incident, said, uh, one block is fine, but two is not, I wish there was a better angle to see if it was a legit block, or Suarez's front bumper uh, somehow sticking, yeah, um, I don't know if I'm willing to go out and say that, uh, that Suarez just right-hooked Bowman, Um, if he did, then I would be on the, uh, on the Trained of let's uh, suspend Suarez for a race and be consistent. But um, but I, I don't necessarily know if that's what happened. Um, but we'll, we'll see if there's anything that comes out of that. Um, going back to the Xfinity series here, though, uh, one point – and you guys will see that here um, – one point, one race left uh, for Herbst and Kligerman one point separates the two for that final spot in the Xfinity Series playoffs, uh, and anyone else behind them. Uh, if you want to be in, you got to win it at Kansas. Um, we had a few drivers uh, locked themselves in on points. Sheldon Creed locked his uh, locked himself in on points, uh, as well as uh, Josh Berry. He was uh, he was pretty close to being locked in anyway. Uh, Daniel Hemrick, all he really has to do is start uh, the race in Kansas, and he'll be locked in as well. So, it really comes down to Herps and Kligerman for that one spot, and it couldn't get much closer than this one point. Zach Bell, I, I see you smiling over there. Uh, <laughs> is it the you know, ninety? Is it the ninety-eight or the forty-eight who gets that last spot? Forty-eight,
1: all the damn way. Listen, with well, this, this, this would not even be as close as it was if Sam Mayer did not completely drive through. Parker Clickerman there at the end of the race. Um, but you know what? It's all good, man. Parker Parker's a beast. He's he's so great at elevating equipment. You know, I, I really feel like the way I could talk about Parker Clickerman is pretty similar to how I talk about A.J. Almadinger, and I see them in very similar lights. Um, but, you know, Parker, listen, honestly, you know, if Parker just runs inside the top ten all day, Riley Harpson would take himself out. This guy, you know, has zero ability for anything, really. Um, I mean, I don't know what else to say, Justin. Like, I don't want to be too mean to the kid. I mean, don't want to be too mean to the guy, whatever. But what about Riley Herbst's career has, like, shown you that he is he is prepared to make the playoffs in this tight of a battle? Let me, let me put it like that. Where has he shown the ability to do this?
0: It's. Uh... No, no,
1: no, Dan. No, Dan. It's not you think. You know. Because I know. <laughs> I, listen, I don't know everything, but I know Riley Hurts. And the history, we've had a long history. Long, long history of Riley Hurts. You know, this is like, what, like his fourth Infinity Series season? And the homie. Still has not won an Xfinity series race. He's never really been that close. You know, I know that we have the Riley Herbst shirt sitting here ready. Like I am I am in little fear, if any. I am in no fear at all of having to wear it or break it out. Uh yeah, man.
0: All right. So we're we're hoping Riley Herbst gets a win in Kansas. That's that's what we're hoping for uh so not only does he make the playoffs but but he wins his way into it uh just for our own our own personal sake here no um, no team herbst you you might not zach but the rest of us are, are greatly looking forward to it uh dan's on your side though uh because he thinks Kligerman will get in uh i think it's going to be a good battle either way um i i agree with you Zach uh as much as i, I like to mess with you uh Clickerman has an incredible ability to lift the uh to lift the equipment that he's in. Uh he's done great with uh big machine racing. Uh, I'm glad that we're going to see him in that 48 next year. Um because I think having another year under their belt will really help them out. Uh but there's still a chance for them to get into the playoffs this year and we're going to see what they can do with that. Um so that'll that'll do it for our race review segment. Uh, this weekend, uh, we'll talk about, uh, the upcoming races, uh, here in just a little bit, before we do that, we got a couple stories we've got to talk, talk about, uh, on our scuff stories, uh, not a, not an incredibly, uh, long list of things to talk about, but we do have one thing we have to talk about that came out just earlier today, a couple hours ago. It is official. One of the biggest pieces of silly season has fallen into place and it falls right back into place where it was. Denny Hamlin has signed a multi-year extension with JGR. He will continue to drive the number 11 uh, for Joe Gibbs racing. And uh, more or less, this will also solidify 2311's deal to stay with Toyota as well. Uh, So that kind of puts that back into place. Zach, you never, you never feared, did you? You never had any any doubts.
1: Um, I'm not gonna lie, I had a little bit of doubt, you know, in the fact that this is a business. But let me tell you, um, you know, you people can tell me that Denny Hamlin is this and that and all the other crap. But let me tell you, this the Gibbs family and Denny Hamlin. This relationship runs deep. It is a relationship unlike any other in the garage. You know, like I, like I told you, I'm telling you guys, like. When when JD and Coy, you know, knowing that they both passed away, like Denny Hamlin is is a part of the future of Joe Gibbs Racing, and the future that Joe will not be a part of, you know, somehow, some way, like this is, you know, and, and um, clearly, you know, Denny said it on his podcast, you know, his parents, you know, raised him right, you know, raised him well, promoted his racing career, and then. When the two thousand and six Daytona five hundred rolls around, there's a picture of of JD and Denny, and in the fore in the foreground, there's his, his dad's out there. Like it's from that moment on, that Denny Hamlin became a member of the Gibbs family, and not just the racing family, but the family family. And uh, you know, you hold on the family tight. Um, I'm excited. You know, this is the place where I want Denny Hamlin's career to end. You know, I, I am already of the belief he is the best to ever put it on for Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, that's a fact to me. If that is without a question. Um, and this only solidifies him the time to prove it to the rest of the world that he is the best to ever suit up for Joe Gibbs Racing. And he will forever be uh, a pillar of this company.
0: You know, I think uh, one of, the, you know, obviously Denny Hamlin's a Hall of Fame uh, caliber driver, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best in the sport. Um you guys can come at me uh, uh with the hate in the comments if you want it's just a fact he is um even without a championship he is one of the best NASCAR drivers we've had um but I think one of the best parts of this deal is actually keeping 2311 uh around uh, they've Toyota has invested into them as being a uh, you know kind of their their goal of expanding I know we've got Legacy Motor Club coming over but <clears throat> even uh you know Dave Wilson of uh of Toyota says that you know Legacy Motor Club is not currently uh, being slated to have the same uh, equipment that twenty three eleven gets. Um. So, you know, I think they've invested a lot into twenty three eleven. I think having both them and Denny Hamlin back on on the team is is really good for them.
1: Yeah, and and this to say too about Denny Hamlin, a lot, I understand he is now officially. The least popular driver in the sport. Like you can watch it in driver intros, you can hear it. You you already know. Um, but I remind you, folks, this too as well. You need to need someone in this sport. He is so paramount to NASCAR's all. He is a winner. He is a contender. He is outspoken. He is a he is a team owner. He is a driver. He is the quintessential piece for NASCAR. And he's everybody's favorite villain, unless you're a fan of his. You're a Chase Elliott fan. You're a Hendrick Motors fan. Hendrick Motorsports fan. Is there a driver you dislike more than Denny Hamlin? Probably not. If you're a Joey Logano I see fan,
0: Zach, I see Zach Williams down there yeah. shaking
1: his head. If you're if you're a or if you're a Penske fan, or you like you're a Logano fan, is there a, a driver you dislike more than Denny Hamlin? Probably not. Maybe Kyle Busch, but probably not.
3: There's a driver I dislike more than Hamlin, but he's up there too.
1: Yeah, if you're a Ross Chastain or a Trackhouse fan, is there a driver you dislike more than Denny Hamlin? Probably not. Denny Hamlin is NASCAR's most perfect villain. He is the villain and the heel that we all wanted Kyle Busch to be, you know. But listen, Kyle faltered. The difference between Kyle Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin. As Kyle Busch wants you to cheer for him, he does. Denny does not care. Denny loves it. I love it. I love that Zach Williams is like Denny Hanley because every single time that Denny outdrives, every single time Denny outdrives Chase Elliott, it is a sweet, sweet moment in the group chat. I think it's uh... – He stands for all of us. Justin, you're a Martin Triggs fan. Are there, there are. Is there any driver you just like more than Diddy Hamlin? As a fan, be
0: real. Uh, if I was solo doing it based off of my MTJ fandom, probably Joey Logano. I mean, Same. Like, I mean, I mean, yeah. just because, just because of twenty eighteen, but like, I mean, just because I, Joey heart- Lega- I mean, just because he won the damn war. I mean, that's kind of the.
1: I think you're hard pressed to find a driver more polarizing than Denny Hamlin.
0: No, I agree. Look, I, it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting to me that Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, it, I'm bringing up Truex. I, I think it's interesting that Joe Gibbs Racing has probably one of the most animated drivers in the sport uh, in Denny Hamlin on their team, and also probably one of the least animated drivers in the sport in Martin Truex Jr. on the same team. <laughs>
1: Well, I think, I think that Joe Gibbs has kind of been running this like, two-and-two this two two show for quite a while. Like, I think Christopher Bell is cut from the same cloth as Martin Truex, you know? but I think you know, Kyle Bush was definitely cut from the same cloth as Benny Hamlin, and I think Ty Gibbs is quickly heading that direction as well. Um, so that just seems to be how that team is going to structure and flow, um, and that's great. That's great because um, I, I think it really creates some unique branding And I think it opens them up to unique sorts of sponsorship opportunities because not all of your drivers are in the same mold and certain brands want a certain type of
0: representative, you know? Yeah. All right. I hate to cut you off here, Zach. We've got a couple more scuff stories to get to here. Uh, another piece of silly season news coming out of the truck series. We've got Matt DiBenedetto, uh, who announced he is leaving Rackley, uh, war racing, uh, uh, after 2023, he's going to uh, not sure what he's going to be doing in 2024 or beyond. Uh, he's been linked to a couple of rides. We'll see where he ends up, but he will not be driving the number 25 in the truck series after 2023. Uh, and another piece of truck series information. Time of We saw this coming. He has uh, been given an L2 penalty. Uh, for wheel assembly violation in the truck series, um, I, let, let's be completely honest here. Before we dive into this, and I don't, we, we're running low on time, so I don't want to spend too much on this, but I want to to focus on it a little bit. An L two penalty is the worst penalty you can get in uh, in the truck series. Uh, they do not have an L three in the in the truck series. Um, let's be honest here. Um the penalty sucks. <laughs> it's weak. The, the penalty does nothing for Time Majsky, really. Uh the he was given the penalty for a wheel assembly violation. Uh like I said, he's lost 75 uh points, uh regular points, which guess what doesn't matter because he's already got the win uh to move on to the next round. Uh he lost five playoff points, which basically just Means as far as playoff points wise, he didn't get the win, uh, but he's still moving on to the next round. He's already locked in, uh, and when he starts the round of uh, the round of eight, he will be in the exact same position he was starting at the round of ten. Um, and he did get a uh, his team did get a twenty five thousand dollar fine and a four race crew chief suspension. Which means if the ninety eight happens to make it to the final four in Phoenix, he will have his crew chief back for that, uh, for that race in Phoenix. Um, so I've, I've never seen a penalty, uh, I've never seen a penalty be this bad and mean pretty much nothing, uh, for a team before, um, that was, it was just crazy to, to see, <laughs> um, yeah, I, Matt Nicholson commenting uh, a loophole got just got exposed with the Majescu penalty. Uh, win a race, try something, and have nothing to lose. Um, That's right, man. Matt's right. Listen, if I'm any of these Trek Series
1: guys that like, are like fringe on point, seem like I'm the Carson host of ours in the world, I'm pulling this and I'm getting myself to Phoenix. No doubt about it. I mean, this is embarrassing. Like, This is if the Articles of Confederation were to come back and to have governed the NASCAR truck series. They can't do anything. This is crazy. Are you kidding me? Like, does anybody even think Tommy Jesse's not going to make the round of eight or the round of the championship round? Like, he's he's pretty much a lot. Right?
0: He's certainly looking to be in a good position, yeah.
1: He won Bristol last year, if I'm not mistaken. So he can go back and win that race. He ran well at, at Homestead. I mean, this is incredible. They might as well have done nothing. They might as yeah. well have done nothing. I mean, the five playoff points, ooh, big to <laughs> He's still starting the next round above the cut line. And the 75 yeah. points, who cares? Nobody, this is not even carry over to the next round. If this carried over to the next round and you started 75 points at the hole, that should be the right penalty. Put him 75 in the hole. Make the man have to win a race to advance but no.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, <clears throat> this happened, uh, just at the right time, uh, for the, <clears throat> for, for time of to the, to the point where it really, it doesn't matter. It seemed to matter at all. Uh, like I said, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on that, but I, I, we had to address that. Um, one last piece of information going back to Joe Gibbs racing, uh, we're uh, we saw it at Darlington uh, this past week uh, and we'll see it throughout the playoffs. jzr has swapped the pit crews uh, for Christopher Bell and Ty Gibbs, uh, hoping to give Christopher Bell a little bit more of an advantage on pit road <coughs> to help him out throughout the playoffs. So uh, we'll see if that works um, to a point. Um, with that being said, uh, I wanted to have an episode of feel goods or flats Uh but we're running short on time. So we're going to go into our race preview segment. We're going to bring back feel goods or flats next week. I know everybody seems to enjoy that segment, so it's not going to be gone too long. Um, So uh, we've got three races coming up uh, all at Kansas. Uh, We have the second race of the, uh, the playoffs for the cut series. We have the last race of the regular season for the Xfinity Series, and then we have a playoff uh, cut race for the trucks uh, to, for the round of eight. So with that being said, uh, gentlemen, it's time to make some picks for the, uh, for the races this weekend at the mile-and-a-half here in the Heartland. Mike, I'm going to go to you first, our stats guy. Uh, who do you
3: have winning uh, these races? Uh, truck Series, I'm going to go with Austin Hill. I think he's going to do pretty good there um give me one second on xfinity i'm probably looking at xfinity i'm gonna go with john hunter and then for the cup race um going with career averages as usual i gotta go with harvick he's got the highest average well, that's uh, those are some
0: some solid picks here. Uh, Zach Williams, what say you? Who are your picks for uh, for this weekend?
2: Uh, for the trucks, I am liking Grant and Finger. Uh, for Xfinity, I'm going to go with Justin Allgaier and Cup. I hate to say it, but I think Bubba Wallace might pull it off because that is his good track, and he was looking pretty decent this past weekend.
0: Good picks as well. Mr. Zach Bell, What uh, who are your picks for this weekend?
1: Um, In the track series, I'll take Carson Josevar. Uh, him and I have had quite a journey uh, on my commentary on him throughout the year. But I'm very excited for his direction going forward. So Carson Josevar in the Xfinity series. Uh, no more cup regulars, I know that. So I'm going to go ahead and take someone who has not won yet this season and i think they really need it so i'm going to take josh berry um, for me to believe he's a championship contender he's got to win soon and then in the cup series it's like the real like which Toyota do you want to take i'll take you know what I didn't hear Hamlin. he signed the new contract he's completely focused on this championship as if he was adult already um Sleep in the Kansas.
0: Interesting picks. Uh, I can't say I disagree. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm actually going to go with you, Zach Bell, on your truck pick. I'm going to go with Carson Hosevar as well. Um, for Xfinity, I'm, you know what? I'm going to say it. Uh, Riley Hertz, Parker Kligerman, neither one of you are making it. I'm going to go with Brandon Jones. He's going to win it at Kansas and somehow get uh, those four junior motorsports cars into the playoffs. Uh, and then for Cup Series, uh, I got to agree with you, Zach Williams. Uh, I'm going to go with Bubba. I mean, he is – there's a reason that I had him in the round of 12 uh, in the playoff prediction show last week, and I said it. It was one word. It was Kansas, uh, and I think he's going to show out at Kansas as well uh, this weekend. So those are my picks. Uh be sure to uh to let us know what your picks are going into this uh, race weekend. We look forward to seeing those. Uh, Zach Williams, you've got a fantasy update, which I'm pretty sure you're excited to give us uh, this week. Um, yep, I was definitely excited
2: this week, <laughs> which is crazy because I was I was at work. I didn't even really get to watch a lot of the race, but I uh, made my picks right before, and I was able to.
0: Oh, did it? Did it not update? I'm just. Did it not? I thought I no, updated let me, let me, it. Uh,
2: let me double check.
0: Give me a second. I thought I did. Perhaps I typed it out and I forgot to publish it. Uh, it's it's quite possible. Nope. No, there it's, 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 it's up. Okay. I, I just had to refresh the page. Okay. Okay. Good deal. Sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, Zach Williams getting a, a win. Uh. From last week in Darlington, Zach Bell getting second, not bad there. And then Dan out of our group getting into the top five. Uh, and then we had uh, Rob the Rich uh, and then uh, and then Short Mac getting third. I did not have a good week uh, this week in fantasy. It was rough for me. Um, sitting there uh, still second in the overall standings, but not great uh, losing the lead here are the rest of our top five. Uh, did not change, uh, from this week. So, uh, be sure to, uh, to join us. You can click that link there on our website, or you can also, uh, click the link. Uh, we'll post it, uh, on our You can see it right there. Um, be sure to join us for fantasy. We'd love to have everyone, uh, running with us. Uh, closing out the season in fantasy, we'll see who takes it home. Um, and, uh, Hopefully we can have you guys join us for 2024 as well as we'll continue that. So uh, at this point, want to thank everybody for watching. Uh, we appreciate everyone for tuning in, all the support that you guys give us. Be sure to like and subscribe and follow us if you're not already. Uh, and be sure to let us know, again, your thoughts uh, on everything that we've talked about uh, here tonight. We look forward to seeing you all next week. Uh be sure to check out our website and uh you can see audio versions of this podcast uh, on all the platforms that are listed below. And uh with that, let's get some closing comments. Uh first of all, Mr. Mike Daft, our stats uh, our team statistician. Uh we look we're glad to have you here. Uh what are your closing comments for tonight?
3: I'm excited to watch the race this weekend at Kansas to see what happens. I'm always thankful for my parents for supporting me and yeah, raise hail, praise Dale.
0: Can't get much better than that. Zach Williams, our lone Floridian on the show tonight. We've seen Dan in the comments, but uh, only one that we get to actually see tonight. Uh, Zach Williams, uh, do you? what are your closing comments for tonight?
2: Uh, just as a lone Florida man, I had to wear my floral print uh, Chase Elliott hat. But uh, no, it was a good show tonight, hanging out with you guys, as always, on Monday nights. Uh, you know, I'm really excited for the next couple weeks because I actually got the news uh, a couple days ago. My friend Joe has an extra ticket to Bristol, so I'm going to be driving up to Bristol to go to that race.
0: Always fun. We love uh, getting to see – uh, our team getting to go to more races. We've got a few of those, uh, coming up, uh, is that Mr. Zach Bell, uh, is heading to Texas, uh, in a few weeks. So we're going to have, uh, that as well. And then I'll be, uh, hanging around Talladega, uh, the weekend of October 1st. So be sure to, uh, to check us out. If you see us at the track, uh, feel, uh, feel free to come up and say hello. Um, again, we appreciate everybody. Zach Bell, what are your, uh, you have a signature sign-off for us this evening? Yeah, I do. Uh, of course, I want to thank my parents
1: for supporting my racing addiction and all the time and effort it takes to put into that. I want to thank uh, Joe Gibbs and Toyota for finally forking over and giving Denny his rightfully earned contract and ending this nonsense. And, of course, like Justin said, I'll be at Texas. I'll be at the city race. I'll be at the cup race. If you guys want to print off headshots,
2: I think he froze at the most
1: opportune moment.
0: (laughs) I froze. I think he did. All right. Yeah. Let me end it real quick.
1: All right. So, if any of you fans want to print off headshots, uh, body shots, any sort of pictures of me, I will gladly, gladly sign them for you. Uh, If not, I will, of course, have pre printed photos ready for you of the track.
0: We should, like, have an internal. like an internal competition on who signs the first autograph on the team. <laughs> it's like, gonna be neat.
2: Zach's gonna sign them and just hand them out. They're not gonna ask <laughs> yeah.
0: for it. He's just be like, here,
2: have
3: an autograph. Yeah, yeah
0: we we have to establish here. we have, we have to establish some rules for that. See,
3: I don't um, I don't know about that because all I gotta do is drive about an hour and ten minutes east, and I'm pretty sure I can get a uh, Logan or Peyton to request an autograph pretty easily so i don't it, know they're, they're, can, they're not, Dana, not gonna...
2: can dan are ask not... for my autograph does that count
3: no no hold, hold on a minute no. you, they are not me. on the show therefore they are considered fans therefore it's legit oh, I- i can go if you're if you're going by too. that
0: mike i can walk up the hallway and get mama seeker to ask for an autograph that's true exactly i'll well, like, well, so well. go
2: downstairs and get my dad to sign one I, yeah <laughs> be like hey you <laughs> you're
0: yeah that's yeah that, that's not gonna be that that hard we we got to establish some ground rules for this um as always we appreciate y'all for tuning in uh we it's been a lovely show uh we love having all of y'all um no, you haven't, Dan. No, no, you haven't, and and as and it, unless you come on the show and say that, that's I, a lie. Yeah. that is such a lie, I'm, Dan. Nathan I'm, I'm,
1: does not count. Nathan I'm, and your parents do not count. Nor do the chickens <laughs> on the farm, Dan, Dan, or the, or the goats. The
2: go- goats don't count either.
1: Neither do <laughs> the goats. Stop lying to yourself. Or the Dan. bird. The bird
2: doesn't count. Neither does your imaginary. The bird's friend. on the show. The bird's on the show.
3: Well, I mean, tech. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, if he signs something for work, technically they're asking for an autograph. No, 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 Look, we appreciate.
1: No, no, it's got to be at the racetrack in a fan-related. You know what? I said we raise the stakes. First fan to recognize any of us at the racetrack and ask for a picture autograph automatically replaces Dan on the show. The
0: first fan to do
1: that? Yeah. Okay. That's it. Or or if we don't want to replace Dan, we can at least have them as you know have them on as a guest for one episode.
0: That's a, I think that's that's a fair offer. I, I feel like I that. that I, feel kinda, I feel like that's kind of. I feel like that's kind of bribing for the autograph, though. Like it's supposed to be like. Does it have to be natural?
1: Like, it has to be at the racetrack.
0: So like. Condition. So Zach Williams can't just like go out and be like. Hey, can you ask me for my autograph and I'll let you on my shit. Like, okay. I I, I can check out my
1: podcast. Someone, no, no, has to be someone who encounters this, who encounters us at the racetrack, or I guess somewhere else in the wild, but they can't imagine anywhere else anybody else would get found outside of the racetrack. So at the racetrack, and they need to ask, and you need to post evidence on your social media.
0: (laughs) Dan, you've missed multiple weeks too. Look, Dan, I, I don't know if you saw this at the beginning of the show or not, but look, if you miss the show, cardinal rule here, if you miss, you're gonna be talked about. So
3: yeah. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, Dan. Um well anyway. heck, I've missed like one one or two shows in like the last since we started, and y'all were trying to fire me a couple weeks ago. So
2: No, they did fire you. They fired uh, I, you in
1: there. You. <laughs>
3: yeah, you're
0: yeah. I, <laughs> Anyway, everybody's replaceable.
1: Oh there goes Mike. Except for, Everybody's replaceable except for Zach Williams. He is the most important member of the team. Because he's the producer.
0: Yeah, he's uh, the one that keeps the one that keeps those comments coming in, So I want zero parts of
1: his job. Let me tell you, we all remember the time I produced an episode. And it was rough. That's the whole reason why we exactly why I, even joined. That's what
3: I that's what I messaged you guys.
1: Yeah, I ain't even exactly. willing to give
3: it a shot. Like I'm just like, nope, I know that's gonna be a disaster. I've got too much ADHD for this. Let's just not.
1: Well, it's me uh, or Dan, and Dan runs on a Florida man brain, you know. Florida man brain, Dan's Dan can only go like so many. Now wait a minute, Zach
3: Williams is also I got, on,
0: a, I got a Florida man brain to too. That,
1: right. But here's the difference like Zach's primary focus is producing the show. He is like 100% of the time producer, 25% of the time commenter. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Dan could not handle 100% producer and anything close to more than like 25 or 30%. The show. Like Justin, you know, it's a hard job to host yeah. the show and produce.
0: It it is hard. Anyone who thinks it's easy, like just try it. It's it's,
1: <laughs> it's I mean it's harder to produce than host it's in my the, opinion. Yeah. But it is hard to do any
3: of them. It's really easy to be Mike and I. We, we, we appreciate. I, I, I,
2: pre- I appreciate you guys,
3: and I, I, it makes me feel good. Yeah. I mean, I we just, just sit here, look pretty, and talk about NASCAR. Like that's pretty much yeah. it. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I put on my makeup, one brush at a time.
3: I just sit here and stroke, <laughs> I just sit here and stroke the beard and go, hmm, interesting. And that's pretty much <laughs> it. Interesting. Right. Zach
0: has once again picked Denny Hamlin. All right. Well, we're going to close this show out. We uh we appreciate everybody for tuning in, and we appreciate all of our. Our, all of our talents, uh, even you, Dan, uh, for coming on and being a part of the show. Um, so uh, with that being said, we'll see you guys next week, uh, same time on Monday night, and we will see you guys next week to talk about what happens in Kansas.